Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for the We Are West Ham podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the men's below-the-waist champions of the world. Manscaped offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe. And to add to that, we've got our hands on the quality Weed Whacker nose and ear trimmer, so we're well on our way towards looking as well-groomed as West Ham do under David Moyes. Clean tidy and looking absolutely fantastic on weekends jonesy we got our hands on the performance package from manscaped which has got loads of absolutely quality bits of kit in it uh, and i think you've got yours there yeah so i've got the performance package here they even throw in a free toiletry bag as well which uh, Happy days. can't go wrong with that so first up we've got the lawnmower 4.0 a lovely bit of kit where's the camera there it is turn it on you've got a little light for your dark spots just in case uh you can't see certain bits uh very Not very helpful easy, is it? exactly exactly so uh that's got um that's waterproof it's uh it you know it's it's very very nice on your skin so well worth a go on that one vouch for that personally as well 100%. jonesy that's very good bit of kit for the job me too weed whacker when you're getting old a little bit like me um, you get hairs popping up in places you don't really want them, and they're they're very persistent. They keep coming back, so this does the job for that. I actually found one out my ear the other day, Jonesy, and I'm yeah. not thirty-one yet. It's not ideal. I'm I'm thirty-four and a half, and it's it's a struggle, mate. It's a struggle. <laughs> so uh, this is this stays close to me um, in the mornings. Times. <laughs> yeah, particularly in the mornings when I'm in the bathroom, just in case I find anything. But the, the the good stuff in here actually is pretty good. We've got we've got crop reviver. Okay. Uh, that is refreshing ball toner. Just keeps things nice and soft after you've uh, you, you've done all your grooming, uh, and then you've got your ball deodorant. Keeps things smelling lovely, just in case you need it to smell lovely. So yeah, really, really good. Which always here. helps, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, you don't don't you want it to smell nice, don't you? So exactly um, that. All really, really good. Pocket inside the the bag as well. You even get some mats to to keep things clean and tidy. When you're when you're doing your grooming, so all in all in all, the performance package gets a massive thumbs up. It's a superb bit of kit and well, well worth it. 
Happy days. Well, we've all been there, Jonesy, haven't we? We're six weeks out from Christmas at the moment, and we've all spent time wondering what to get for our dads, uncles, brothers, granddads, cousins, uh, when you just have not got a clue what to buy the blokes in your life. So we would definitely recommend, lads, joining the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, who we've teamed up with to bring you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code MASSIVE at manscaped.com that's massive as in west ham are massive at manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping you wouldn't stick a goalkeeper up front if you were a manager so why choose anything other than the right tools for the job when it comes to your grooming regime trust us you won't regret it hi this is tony cotty and you're listening to the we are west ham podcast You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, and James Jones. A disaster for West Ham at London Stadium on Sunday, losing at home to Crystal Palace after shock of all horrors. Saeed Benrahma managed to find the back of the net, but it didn't matter because Palace struck back twice, once to Wilfred Zaha, and then in oh, so frustrating fashion, at the death through Michael Elise's deflected effort. It came, of course, after West Ham became the first team in Europa Conference League history to go through an entire group stage with a perfect record. That competition's storied two-year history uh, and West Ham have become the first team to win all six group games. Not going to play the I told you so game already because... Of course, West Ham's achievements in the Conference League have already been overshadowed by that oh-so-annoying, oh-so-disappointing, oh-so-frustrating, oh-so-any-other-adjective for, frankly, irritating that you can put in after the oh-so's. James Jones, I don't think I've ever described you as oh-so-frustrating, oh-so-annoying or oh-so-irritating. Um Having given it some brief thought, I, I definitely, definitely have. But I'm oh so delighted to see you today. Uh, it's already shaping up to be the worst We Are West Ham podcast ever. Disaster for the Hammers at the weekend. Uh, my laptop chose this morning to die on me, perhaps permanently. Um, I'm now resorting to doing the podcast on my phone, plus my bathroom refurbs going on in the background, which you can possibly hear. Uh, could be a new low, or certainly isn't a new low uh, for the Hammers. Uh, could be a new low for us on the podcast. Um, how are you? Give me some thoughts about life, football, uh, the situation we find ourselves in on the podcast this morning. Uh, well, first of all, it's it's sad that I can't see you this week, mate. Um, you've got the camera off, so if anyone's watching on YouTube, that'd be why, because you're on your phone and can't see you. So that's terribly sad. Of, off the back of um, us and our performance on Sunday, uh, I'm pretty depressed at the moment. I feel really upset. Um, so upset that I spent uh, half an hour this morning looking back at the videos and the pictures from Leon last season. Um, Saw that in your Instagram story, mate. Big fan yeah, Big and, fan just, and, and just because I, I, I thought to myself last night, I was like, when, when did it peak for us? When, when was it the best it ever got? under Moyes at West Ham and it was that night it was that, was that night in Leon and yeah. I I spent no brainer. 
I spent time this morning just like reminiscing and just looking back at the time that when we were all just so happy and everything was fun and we were excited and we had loads to look forward to and David Moyes was massive, West Ham were massive and now it's just depressing, boring, rubbish, just same old West Ham. I feel, we feel like we've just kind of regressed back to where we were just where we were just before David Moyes took over. Um, so yeah, I'm. Uh, that's the long answer to your question. The short answer is I'm. I'm not very good today, mate. If I'm honest. <laughs> no, quite, mate. I can I can hear that in your voice. Unfortunately, um, is that what you feel like then? Because look, I hate. Yeah, no one. No one likes losing games in that fashion, of course. Um, is it as bad as you think? But, you know, it's one of those, isn't it, where if we win that game, I know we haven't, and it's a big if, and I was thinking to myself in the build-up to this podcast, certainly after yesterday, I was like, I was quite positive earlier in the season, on the pod, about, you know, where West Ham were in the league, um, and perhaps we'd been a bit unlucky uh, that the table didn't necessarily, uh, you know, give a fair reflection of where our performances were at. Um, and it's all it's sort of the same with this weekend, isn't it? Because okay, I think we're 15th now. Um, and you think, oh, that's pretty rubbish. Uh, yeah, 15th, two points above the relegation zone. I know it's a big if, but if we'd won that game, we'd have been 11th, 17th, not necessarily too disastrous, still within touching distance. Of, of the, you know, seventh place with only four points off that. Then, as I was thinking it, it feels like we're far enough into the season now having played 14 games. One point per game is not a good enough ratio to be where we want to be. So, it's one of those, I, I sort of, I, I'm inclined to agree with you that, perhaps not regressed fully. I don't think it's as bad as that, of course. And I do think this season... You know, it's not going to be as mediocre and naff as we've seen in seasons past. But it feels like with the way a few of the results have gone and we're just that little bit of luck's not quite going with us. We're not playing quite the greatest of football. You just sort of think, nah, you know, if we finish 11th this season, that sort of feels like where it's going. Declan Rice goes and then are we sort of in a three-year cycle effort and mm. uh, yeah. 10th, 11th place finishes again. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I think a couple of weeks ago, we, we spoke about this, didn't we? And it was like, well, the, the table's still quite tight. You know, you could you could win one game from... Like, we went from 17th to 9th, didn't we? I think after beating Bournemouth, I think it was. Um, But now it's not. We're five points off the top 10. Um, so now we need two wins to get in, into the top 10 and the, the issue at the moment is I just don't know where two wins are coming from um, you know we, we looked before the Palace game we've got right two home games before the, the World Cup break against Palace and Leicester two winnable games we've lost one of them and the other one we're coming up against Leicester next week weekend who have started winning football matches all of a sudden um, so they're not going to yeah. be perhaps the pushovers that they, they, they might have been a few weeks ago so I, I think Two weeks down the line, um, we're we're now looking at relegate. We are looking at relegation battle, and we're going to go into we're going into we're going into a World Cup break. Going, but the, you know this this is going to be a relegation battle. 
I mean, it might not be. No. And I'd like to think that we're good enough to, <laughs> it isn't. to get out it of it. Isn't. But at the moment, like, we're two points off the, off the bottom three. Southampton have just sacked Arsenal. So, like it is, they're going to have a new manager bounce. Um, they're the worst just... team ever to have played football this season. Yeah, true. Uh, maybe Forest. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. And they beat us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just... I've been so positive about the last two weeks, haven't I? But I've, that's just been drained out of me by yesterday and losing mm. to Palace of all teams. Yeah, I think it was inevitable that this podcast was going to be one in that fashion after a 90th minute defeat as well. Um, what else is going on in your life, James? Just briefly before we move on and look uh, back at that Palace game in a bit more detail. Um, not Anything a great deal, mate. Positive? Fireworks night. I saw some cute photos of you out at Fireworks night. Yeah, went to Fireworks night. They had a little display on in Borenwood. So we went over there on, on Saturday night um, and Harrison absolutely loved it, which was, you couldn't wait to get over there. It was pouring down a rain. I mean, it set the tone for Sunday, let's put it that way. It's miserable. Um, and yeah, it was good. Good little, uh, good little show. What I find weird, they, they had like a, a theme, like music playing over the top of it. And yeah. um and like they had the James Bond theme tune and a few others. And then they started playing like England songs, trying to G people up for the World Cup. And it was the most bizarre, bizarre thing because it's, it's what, November, it's pouring down the yeah. rain, it's cold. We're watching fireworks and bonfire night. And I'm hearing um, it's coming home, blaring out speakers, trying to G up <laughs> for a World Cup, which I'm just not excited about at the moment because of yeah. it's winter. And um, it was just the weirdest experience. I was like, oh, yeah, there's a World Cup in two weeks. Forgot about that. Yeah. It's not going to come home. I want to sing Free yeah. Lion because it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a really weird thing. But it was a good night. It was a good night. Harrison loved it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, what about you? What are your, uh, what are your thoughts on... Well, I'll get on to me shortly, mate. But my life's been dominated by bathroom refurb the last <laughs> week or so. It's all very adult. Um, and I don't really know how much I like it. It's uh, tiling being done today. Um, nice. bath already and the whole thing's been ripped out and plastered uh, past has dried, tiling's being done today, you can probably hear something in the background just to add to what will definitely be the world's worst podcast <laughs> um, but uh, yeah so just dominated by that really mate and been a bit unwell uh, and also not looking forward to the World Cup so <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah that's all in all mate I was just trying to find some positivity out of somewhere but um, yeah, that's about it, really. Just quickly, then, uh, just to clarify your stance on the uh, bonfire night. Nowhere near as, as passionate as your view on um, Halloweenism was. Uh, no, I mean, um, I've got no real hatred towards bonfire night. I quite like fireworks. Um, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, particularly pet owners. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I quite like it. It's quite quite nice. It's it's far far a far happier occasion than Halloween. Let's put it that way. You can you feel like you feel like you can be <laughs> you can be happy on bonfire night. Halloween, it's just all like just feeling on edge, yeah. feel scared. But yeah, I quite any, like it. Any particular low light from Halloween in the end? Um, I was trick or treating was good. Trick or treating was was good fun. Again, Harrison absolutely loved that. Knocking on the doors and taking way too many sweets that he should have done. Um, and then yeah. moaning because we wouldn't let him eat them all at once. Um, tantrums all night. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then and then and then follow and then the following morning when he wants them for breakfast. Where's my sweets? Where's my sweets? It's like, mate, you've not eaten yeah, your pancakes yeah. yet. 
So, um, yeah, yeah Which that's, is a that's sweet the problem. Enough delicacy for breakfast, anyway. Exactly, yeah. But uh, that, it just that was just another thing that made me hate um, Halloween even more. <laughs> it's now that I've got now now that I'm a dad, I've got to deal with the tantrums when they when he's asking for sweets every five minutes because he knows he's gotten. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, not fan. Not the one, mate. Fair enough. Fair enough. But look, um, let's just move on as quick as we can, shall we? I think we're going to have to find yeah. joy from wherever we can today. God knows where that's going to come from. Uh, but we'll do our best to stay with us um, because we'll have the Crystal Palace reaction next. Uh, we'll look back briefly to that game away where the Young Hammers did us proud in Romania last Thursday to make it six wins from six in the Europa Conference League. Uh, we'll have a brief look ahead to that um, League Cup game against Blackburn on Wednesday. You'd be hard pushed to find a game that I have cared less about in the history of <laughs> supporting West Ham. Uh, and then we'll, of course, look forward to the game against Leicester at the weekend uh, with Talk Sports' Jake Watson. Um, yeah, the last Premier League game before the World Cup. Worth noting uh, as well, uh, me and Jonesy, it's going to change up slightly during the World Cup. Uh, we yet to finalise details, but um, we're not going to do a show every week. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, it's sort of difficult. No West Ham games, you know, if there's friendlies or whatever organised. Um, we will get to those, but it's probably likely that we will do a show in the middle of the World Cup, um, just sort of encompassing everything that's been going on at West Ham, what all the players have been doing, any ones that are playing out there in Qatar. Uh, and then post that, we'll be back to the usual format. Uh, once the Premier League season's up and running again. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. I'm at William Pugh underscore. James is at by James Jones. You can email us at we are West Ham pod at gmail.com if you so wish. Uh, get us on Instagram, we are West Ham pod. Search we are West Ham podcast on Facebook and YouTube and you can buy us a pint uh, and support the pod. It's actually my birthday next week. So if you fancy buying me a birthday beer, you could do that at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. The, the pints are a fiver each. You can buy as few or as many as you like. And the money goes directly to Jonesy and I, uh, which Jonesy is coming out for a beer for my birthday um, on Friday, that is. So we'll be spending any of the We Are West Ham podcast beer money over the bar uh, when we're out and about on Friday night. Um, that's about it. That's buymeacoffee.com slash VLSM. But stay with us for the reaction to that Crystal Palace game next. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
Jonesy, talk to me then. Crystal Palace, London Stadium. Say Ben Rama scores. Palace pull one back for Wilfred Zaha. Lise gets the winner in the last minute. Um, where would you like to start? I don't know. Where would you like to start? Obviously, Say Ben Rama, him scoring, made me laugh. Um, should we talk? <laughs> yeah, let's do that first. Talk yeah, me through the yeah. goal, what you thought of it. Did you find it positive? Do you like him again all of a sudden? Um, I've got no energy for this conversation, particularly if you want to lose. But I did text you and say, we're going down. If Ben Rama scores and we still can't win, that is the end for us. Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, as soon as he scored, I, the, the first thing I thought was you. Just like, oh, I bet Will's, bet Will's buzzing about that. And he side Ben Rama, bang him on in from 20 yards. Um, he's... He was just at his frustrating best, wasn't he? Really, um, I don't quite understand the 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 moans that he was subbed off because I think David Moyes is right in that he, he really didn't offer anything after the goal, um, and he didn't really offer much before the goal either. There's a guy sitting. Kind of... <laughs> Moyes even said he couldn't see us scoring when we did. Yeah, and like, just, there was a guy who sits just slightly to my left in a row in front. And he spent the first 20 minutes before Ben Rama scoring just literally screaming at Ben Rama. Um, like screaming at him to run more, to pass more, to show a bit more effort. More. Yeah. At one, at one point, he went, he shouted, come on, Ben Rama, move more. You're not wooden. And I was just like, well, that's, that's one way of putting it, I suppose. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, yeah. I don't understand. Like, see, there was lots of boos when he came off. Initially, I thought people were booing Ben Rama. Um, yeah, which, well, which yeah. is which is equally odd. I was just like, what, why is why no, is everyone booing? Um, but and then he, then you realise that actually no, they're booing the decision, um, and then everyone cheers the decision when Suchek's pulled off, and it all just got very bitter and very horrible all of a sudden. It, it did feel like the atmosphere just changed amongst the fan base, and yeah. But Turning I don't know. A bit, do you think? I think so. I mean, I was looking through through uh, social media this morning, and, and there is there's a large. Um, I, I say large. Um, I mean, Twitter's Twitter, isn't it? it? Can be a bit of a a bit of a vacuum sometimes. But it, there seems to be a growing number of fans that have, have had enough and that w- would want a change. Um, I think there are there are arguments for and against. I'm kind of no way really at the moment. I think perhaps it is probably a little bit too soon to start thinking about sacking him. Um, but on the basis of that performance alone, it's not good enough. Um, I thought it was unacceptable really to to play the way we did against Crystal Palace. Um, it felt like we'd approached the game in the same way that we approached Man United and Liverpool away. Um, and we're talking about Crystal Palace at home for crying out loud! Like we should be attacking them. From the off. We should be going for it. All yeah, we should be literally on their literally on their toes. They should be on the back foot yeah. from from the first whistle, and they weren't. And Crystal Palace deserved that winner at the end. You know, they deserve they they would have been annoyed had they not got that winner. They'd, they'd have felt like they should have won had they not got that winner. Um, and they were yeah. fully deserving of the winner. Okay, it was fortunate. It was a bit of deflection, but it was as a result of Mikel Antonio. Doing the exact same thing as he did five years ago at Sellers Park, in yeah. just get, not just give the ball to their goalkeeper, go on, and then they can have a little little counter attack in the ninety fifth minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I was wondering when when did he sign for Palace? 
I don't, I don't recall us ever yeah, selling them yeah. at the Palace, but he seems to help. He seems to help them every time. So, but it's just everything about the performance was bad. It was poor. Um, I've got no positives this week about the performance. Um, I think bringing bringing Suchek off and putting downs on that should have happened from the start. So yeah, all in all, rubbish. Um, but I suppose the question, the big question, is whether he should stay or go. And I, I, I don't know how you feel about it, mate, but. Um, I just don't know. I just think it's too soon, frankly. Yeah. It's as simple as that. I, I think it hasn't been great this year. It's trying to ingratiate in some new players. Uh, we don't look as good as we have the last two seasons, particularly last year. Um, I don't know who else you're going to get. I think you risk uh, spiralling into another load of mediocrity. I think it's a way bigger decision to get rid of a manager than people think. Um, because I think they then have ramifications, those decisions, for years to come. I think what Moyes has done with us the last two seasons is more than any manager has ever done. And I appreciate people will go, you can't hold on to the past forever, because I agree with that. I genuinely do. But I don't feel like he's expired, like his shelf life's expired or anything like that. I think this is a more difficult season than people appreciate, given... Um, Given the new signings we've made and he's trying to ingratiate them in the team, Mark Noble going. Um, yeah, I just think it's a bit of a difficult, a more difficult season than people give him credit for. I also think that a 100% unmitigated disaster. He's won every single game in the European competition we're in. Um, and we are, that bottom half of the table so tight that there's kind of that Every week, if you if you miss a result, everyone panics more because you can drop down so much. Mm. Like you say, oh, you're two points away from the relegation. I know it is a big if. If we'd won that game, then we're, we're, we're sort of plumb mid-table. Do you know what I mean? 11th and within touching distance where we'd like to be. So, too soon for me. It could still turn into a spectacular season. Uh, but stuttering start, not good. And we need to start see it trending upward soon uh, mm. rather than continuing to sort of stagnate around that bottom. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that I, I agree with the fact that it, it's a decision that could go one of one or two ways and it would it would literally rest on who they replace him with. Um, I saw, I've seen a few fans tout Sean Dyche Um it's like well, most if you're people go, aren't fans, mate. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, fans. if you're gonna, trolls. If you're gonna warrant sacking David Moyes to bring in Sean Dyche, that well, you, you might as well just stick with David Moyes, right? I don't. It's, it's a change that no, you doesn't might as really stop supporting West Ham. But it's it. Yeah, that's what. Like, I, I don't understand it. It's, it's a change that doesn't take us forward. It's it's a sideways step. It takes us backwards. Yes, idiots. Um. Yeah. um now, a few people are talking about Pochettino or Thomas Tuchel. It's just like, well, in what world are they going to be attracted by the West Ham job in this moment in time? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, we're exactly. in Europe, It's like Nuno but... Espirito Santo territory, isn't it? Just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what yeah. I'm saying, mate. Like, who are we really? Yeah. Ruben Amarim, sporting Lisbon manager. I'd like to see that. That'd be, that'd work. Now Wolves have got Lopetegui. I wouldn't yeah. mind, I wouldn't mind him. I think he's in that bracket of, He's achieved big things at Sporting. I think a big job's still too big for him, um, as in top six. 
and there isn't really going to be one going at the moment. Well, maybe Liverpool. But um, no, I just, yeah, we're not getting anything better. David Moyes has done so well the last couple of seasons. There's still a chance that's in him. Yeah. If something finally clicks this year. Um, but I do appreciate that it will need to start trending towards that soon. Because if not, I then think... the board are left with no choice and no one could blame them. Yeah, and I'm, I said it a few weeks ago that, you know, they're, they're going to need to make a decision at some point if things don't improve because after spending 170, 180 million quid in the summer, um, they're not going to want another relegation battle after spending all that money because it's too risky. Um, that decision now needs to be probably closer to be to being urgently needed to be made. Um, but I think that you, you, if you sack him, you undo all of that hard work that he's done over the last two years. Now, a lot of people might not agree with me here, but we've heavily over, overachieved over the last two years. Massively overachieved for for where the rise that we had so quickly. Um, and I think that led to us going into this season with so much expectation, so much hype. Um, oh. And now because it, we are where we are and what's happened's happened, it feels probably a lot worse than actually what it is. Um but you get rid of him now, and you undo all of that work that David Moyes has done to get to get us to to the point where we are going into a season expecting another top six, um, top six challenge or top eight challenge or whatever it is. That's what I mean. Um, and you get of your own success. Yeah, and then you, you get someone else in who has completely new plans, new ideas. Doesn't like after, doesn't like after players that the club's just spent 180 yeah. million quid on. Um, and then it's basically you rip everything up and you start again, and it's that that's then. Yeah a two, three year process. Um, and if you don't get the pro, the, if you don't return to where David Moyes initially took us to straight away, then what do you get rid of the next manager after a year and a half yeah. and try, try and another one. Cycle, and before you know it, you, you, you're going, you, you're just going to go around in circles. And that's why I think yeah. that at the moment, because we're not rock bottom of the Premier League, um, we have shown yeah. signs that, you know, we, we can start, you know, we can play football still um, over the last few weeks bar in Palace um, I think it, it'd be mad for the club to make a decision like that and I think you know he's got still a little bit in the bank to, to warrant trying to get us out of this and trying to get us into a little bit of form and I think the World Cup is probably going to come at the right time for us um, chance to I know a lot of the, a lot of the players will, will be at the totally World Cup agree. but it gives David Moyes a chance just to take a step back really assess how he's going to, you know, take us forward um, and spend a little bit of time working on which players he needs in January without the the distractions of games and, you know, and, and all the rest of it. So I think it's going to come at a good time. And if we go into, say, January and January and it's still poor after we played four or five games after the World Cup, then I think that the club will be forced into a decision. But I think now is too far too soon. Yep, agree totally, mate. Uh, anything else on the Palace game then? Um, obviously, Zaha's goal. I don't know you made of that. Um, yeah, good finish, but we gave, again, gave, gave him the ball, didn't we? Um, oh, Zaha's just the most frustrating player. He's always moaning, and he's so miserable. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was a good finish from him. Like, you give a ball give the ball back to Palace, and, you know, if he gets the ball in the area, nine times out of ten, he's in the target. He's a good player. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then the winner, 
well, we've already spoken about how Antonio, Antonio just yeah. basically cost us that. So nothing else really from it. You know, it's it's depressing because I really thought we'd go. I really thought we'd win that. Um, but especially given every all eleven players on the pitch from the start didn't play on Thursday night in Romania. Um, yeah. They should have been fresh and ready to go and ready to get three points, but clearly not. So, um, yeah, that's 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 yeah, it really. It's just annoying, isn't it? Just yeah. annoying. I, I just think I'll be honest, mate. This week just the energy out of me really. Like even to laugh about the Ben Rama thing, to moan about Antonio. I just thought, ah, oh, that was the, it, like we were saying before, they also feel like important must-win games, like to be, if this season isn't going to be another average one. And I think with that, that sort of, that pressure perhaps just makes it feel a little bit more deflating when we lose, particularly in that fashion as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um what do you make of that? So you reckon the, the sort of atmosphere-wise, the fans were turning a little bit? Would you say? I think it was clear with those when he made those two subs in particular. But even before we scored, it was there was frustration bubbling in the air uh, yeah. because it was very obvious that we weren't. We, the game plan wasn't to attack Palace from the off. Um, it was yeah. very very clear that he, he he was looking to play it safe, and it was just frustrating and. And then when those subs happen, you get boos for Ben Rama going off and cheers for Suchek going off and Downs coming on. And it all just felt really toxic all of a sudden. And yeah, we've not yeah, really yeah. we've not had that since we've been back in grounds really since COVID. Um so yeah. it, it was it was a really weird a uh, weird atmosphere. It's one that um we haven't seen over there for a couple of years and it did feel like something was happening. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Um Let's move on, shall we? Um, the yeah, disappointing West Ham fifteenth game against Leicester after the Blackburn game in the League Cup. Um, is in the Premier League at the weekend before the World Cup. Very very important to win. If we don't, yeah, looking very average. Um, let's move on. Have a look back to a little bit more positive news. The uh, the West Ham young guns performing really well in Bucharest last week to get us that win against. FCSB in the Europa Conference League. Well, Jonesy, convincing win in Romania. Um, did you take, you love a young player at West Ham and you love a youth in academy product and you're a lot more clued up on uh, those coming through at the Academy of Football than I am. Uh, I would imagine you were beaming with pride after that victory. Oh yeah, I was close to tears, mate. So proud, so proud. Yes, you were. <laughs> um, absolutely livid that UEFA took Mbappé's goal away from him, even though the ball was probably going out oh, for what, a throw. Um, I was livid that UEFA took took Mbappé's goal off of him, and gave it an own goal because you know, poor lad, he just scored on his debut and they take it off him. He, he, he did look like it was going to go out for a throw-in. Had to defend and not got a touch, but. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. Yeah. Ollie Scarls, man of the match, superb. Um players that came off the bench did really well. She's already seen a few of them. Um but yeah, yeah, it was just a really, really good night. And when that, I'll be honest, when I saw the squad that was travelling, I was like, Oh, like this is a there's hardly I think it was what just four now and Lanzini, which were like proper first oh and Sufau. 
with, with like the only real first team players there. And, and it was keeper. like, oh, this and could be um, and the keeper Areola, yeah. It's like oh, this is going to be a very inexperienced side here. Um, it could go a little bit like how it did against Zagreb last season, and um, instead it was straightforward, very easy. Um, in the end, probably could have been more yeah. Downs and Mbama had um, a, a shot saved in the first half, so did Downs. Yeah. Um, so it could have been sort of five or six, really. But yeah, you take the three nil. Um, and yeah, just well done to the youngsters coming through. It was really, really, really good to see. Yeah, you mentioned Scarls there. Would you, would you say it was your man? Um. Yeah, I suppose so. I think I think he did. Re- I think he did really, really well uh, for someone. It's only what sixteen, seventeen, um, coming in for your debut. It, uh, you know, away from home in in another country as well. Like the pressure of, although there was no really pre- no pressure on winning the game, he would have felt yeah, pressure yeah. to perform. Um, so yeah, yeah like, cool. I thought I thought he did really well. I thought he did really well. So, James, if any of those players then, those young players who played out in Bucharest, do you think, first of all, that any of them have got a chance of getting into David Moyes' Premier League squad anytime soon? If so, which ones? I think I think it's probably too soon for for all of them. Um is probably the probably the closest uh, as like a, a backup to Suchek and, and, and Downs, but the others will, will need a little bit of time. I think um, see, Skulls has probably got mo- the most promise, um, but I mean, it's still way too early for him. I think I don't think he's he's there yet. Um, same with Mabana. Um, but I mean, it's getting to the point now. It's like, well, you know, why don't we give some of these players a go, give them a few minutes? Um, but yeah, I don't think any of them are ready yet. Um, no, I, I am inclined to agree with you, mate. I just think, um, like you say, Coventry, obviously, he's, he's in and around as it is already. Um, yeah, you, you'd hope, though, wouldn't you, if something can keep on keep on that progress. Um, that, you know, we see a few of them break into the first team a little on a little bit more of a regular basis at some point. Uh, listen, James, it was a, it was a good win. Uh, we're through to the last 16 as group winners, which is important. We get a buy through that last 32 round. And I'm hoping that the... I mean, I had a look at some of the teams that dropped out of the Europa League. Um, it's unlikely that the the next tie is, is much of a glamour tie, to be quite honest. But, um, you know, obviously uh, some other good teams in the competition. It's good to be in it. Either way, one or the other. Um, last 16, we're only one win away from a quarterfinal. Uh, we all know exactly what you said about Leon earlier on, how much we all enjoyed that last year. So hopefully we can all get a bit of positivity from the Conference League. Uh, stay with us because uh, we have a brief look ahead to that Blackburn game in the League Cup next before we look ahead uh, to Leicester in the Premier League. Uh, in the League Cup with Jake Watson from TalkSport. Jonesy, Blackburn then Wednesday, uh, a little bit of a tight turnaround opposition view wise for the podcast this week. So we're just going to do a bit of a longer chat with Jake uh, for the guys at home. Uh, Blackburn, the League Cup on Wednesday. Do you expect, how do you expect Moisey to approach it? We can go one or two ways. You can look at it and go, given the form that we're in, given the 
position we're in, can we can we afford a, a cup run? Um, or we could go the other way and go. I need to we need to get some a positive result on the board um, and lift spirits by by getting a good result in the cup. So I think it will be the latter. Judging by mm. his comments after he said that you know he's, he's looking to get a win on Wednesday and on on Saturday, so I think he'll go strong. Um, but I think it'll be a tough test. I think Blackburn are, are, are doing well in the championship. I think the top three um, this season they got Brereton Diaz, uh, who we've yep. we've been trying to sign, well, allegedly been trying to sign for a while. We're interested yeah. in signing, so um, yeah, it's it, I, I I'd like to see us go for it. I think I think we need a win just to just lift the mood a little bit. It's gone as I said earlier with the atmosphere and with fans, it's gone a little bit stale over the last few weeks and we need a we need a win and particularly in the cup competition just to give ourselves a little bit of positivity. So um I think he will go strong though. I think he'll make a few changes, but he'll go strong. It'll be like Europa League or Conference League strong, won't it? Not as obviously like the one the other, but it will be that sort of level, won't it? Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll start Antonio, no doubt. Downs will start in the middle. Um, ben Johnson will get a game, probably. He'll have um, probably Aguered will play again. See um, for now starting, maybe Lanzini. So, but I'd still reckon also he'll play Bowen. Um, Bowen desperately needs some confidence. Um, seems like he's lost a little bit. Um, so he'll probably play him. Uh, played Ben Rama. So it'd be strong. It'd be a strong side still, and. Um, yeah, I, I, if it's a strong side, then I still think we've got enough to beat them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I totally agree. You'd like to see us get a little bit of a cup run as well. Um, stay with us because we'll have more looking ahead to that on the weekend in the Premier League next. So, delighted to say, joining us on the We Are West Ham podcast, not for the first time, is friend of the show, friend of mine, Jake Watson from Talk Sport, big Leicester City fan, to look ahead to that game at the weekend, the last Premier League game for West Ham and Leicester before we break for the World Cup. Jake Watson, lovely to see you again, mate. Thanks for joining us on the show. Almost unfathomable to think that a couple of weeks ago, uh, when I was giving you some gentle ribbing about Leicester's <laughs> atrocious form, your likely relegation battle uh, and West Ham's glorious European campaign, uh, that when we came around to speaking on the podcast, uh, that you'd actually be above us in the Premier League, level on points, um, and yeah, above us by one goal difference. Uh, what the hell has happened? Three wins in four for you guys, uh, only one in four for us. Um, yeah, you were rubbish. Now you're good. Brendan Rodgers was on his way out. Now he's a hero. What's happened? Yeah, all hail the Rodge father. That's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a pleasure to be back on, mate. Um, appreciate you asking. And look, Football, it's a cruel mistress, isn't it? You know, one week, we're loving it. The next, it's the worst thing in the world. Um, I've spoken to you, as you mentioned, lots about Leicester this year. And I'd like to think I have remained pretty calm about the proceedings, particularly with the start of the season. Um, and there's, there's for, for, from Leicester's perspective, there is so much 
and to, to almost kind of just like bullet point it or you know make it as brief as possible which, which is quite difficult the reality is is we had the absolute summer from hell you know brendan rogers wanted desperately to to make lots of changes and then was told during the summer he then wasn't allowed to do that and in fact had to probably sell some players which he didn't want to which i think really upset the balance of the squad because a number of players like fringe players in particular wanted out and he couldn't move them on so a number of players then had to realize that this is where we're staying you mm. know and it probably took him a little while to, to get their head around that and also probably took a little while for, for Brendan to kind of get them back on side because he, he basically told him he didn't want them anymore. Yeah, so that, yeah, wasn't, sure. that, that wasn't an ideal scenario. We then lost the goalkeeper, Kasper Schmeichel, who was the club captain. A massive, massive influence. He was 57 though, isn't he? Well, yes. And <laughs> the, the plan was for Kasper always to go. We, we knew he was going to go, but, but not this summer. It was supposed to be next summer. But because of the financial issues, um, the club received an offer and they basically said to Kasper, it's up to you. If you, if you want to go now, we, we can do it now. And he decided to take that that option up. Um, and Danny Ward initially really, really struggled. He, he had very, very minimal first-team Premier League experience. Having been dubbed the world's best sub-goalie for God yeah. knows how many years. I mean, he put in some good performances for Wales, didn't he, to be fair? Well, exactly. And, you know, I was surprised at how much he did struggle at the at the start of the season because I'd seen lots of him and I did think he was a very good goalkeeper. And, and, and Brendan had always said that he had two number one goalkeepers. Um, mm. And now, you know, well, I know we'll probably get onto it in a little while. Just look at the number of clean sheets in the Premier League this season. And he's he's joined second on the list, mm. you know. So so clearly he does know what he's doing. He just took a little while to, to adjust to being a number one. Um, and then two other kind of quick um, things. Our fixtures were horrendous. You know, after the first seven games, Will, um, Leicester had played five of the top six. You know, a horrible situation when you've lost Kasper Schmeichel and also Wesley Fofana, which, you know, West Ham fans would have been there as well before when when you lose a player at that point of the season. It's a complete um, distraction from the rest of the team and it affects mm. the whole team. And it, and it did massively. It completely just became this, this circus and, and it distracted the whole players. And that also, you know, massively influenced that that terrible start to the season. And then the good parts, as into why it's now got better. Set pieces last year were dreadful, and at the start of the season they were still dreadful. We got a set piece coach, and we haven't conceded one since. And we now yeah. look really, really good from set pieces. Um, the replacement for Wesley Fofana was was a guy called Valt Fez, who's been absolutely brilliant. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I saw a tweet yesterday from a from a fan saying to highlight just how good he is, if you were to waft at Leicester fans now, Wesley Fofana back instead of Valtfess, I don't think anybody would take them up on that offer. Now, that's not saying we don't rate Wesley Fofana. We do massively, you know, obviously very upset with the way he acted. But Valtfess has come in, in brilliantly. And also, finally, I talk about the horrible start to the season in terms of fixtures. The last six or so games have actually been really kind to us. You know, we've won four games, Will, but those four have been against the current bottom three and Everton. So, you know, yeah. it's just the way football goes, doesn't it? Sometimes you've got a bad run of fixtures and sometimes you've got good ones. Unfortunately for us, you know, Brendan managed to settle the ship and he's picked up some important wins, you know, where we really did need to, to get them. So I know that's a really, really long-winded way of kind of, you know, summarising what has happened, but, but that's why we're at where we are. And, you know, at the moment, we're, we're a pretty happy camp. And that's what you're here for, Jake. To be honest, we don't want yes and no answers. Me filling the blanks, do we? This is exactly what we're after. <laughs> um, does Brendan deserve a bit more respect then for that? Because when you put it like that, it sounds like 
to, I mean, you know, you are only 14th. You, you to win, listening to all that, I thought, bloody hell, that must be brilliant being a Leicester fan at the moment. That sounds great. And then you look and it's like, oh, well, this is like 14th, the minus two goal difference after mm. uh, 14, 15 games or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, hardly the heights you've hit before. But it certainly seemed to me we spoke about it. Um, I, and it certainly seemed like Brendan was just, at times, waiting to be yeah. given the chop. So he got his payoff. It felt very much like oh, he's had enough, reached the end of the cycle or whatever, time for a change at Leicester. That hasn't happened, and it? It seems like he's having a bit of a second or third or fourth or however many wins he's had um, at the King Power. But does he deserve a bit more respect or are there still question marks around sort of the way he's, he's been through all this? I mean, look, you know, football's fickle, isn't it? Um, nobody's really asking questions at the moment. That's all I'll say. But, Anymore. But at the same time, Will, he's only probably two bad results from people asking them same questions all over again. You know, that's just the way football is. You know, Brendan Rodgers is, is, a, is a highly, highly successful manager. And he is one of the longest serving managers at the moment in the Premier League at Leicester. So, you know, if he had have lost his job and, and if he had have been sacked, you know, he still would have walked away as you know one of Leicester's most successful ever managers so mm. you know again we all sometimes get a little bit you know dumbed down and, and hung up on on you know defeats and, and when somebody gets sacked but sometimes you do need to look at the bigger picture and you know for me the concern was that you know he had kind of lost that energy and that enthusiasm for the job you know which, yeah. which, happens, which happens sometimes when you're there for a long time and, and as he said, you know, he, he wanted to spend money and, and wasn't allowed to. You know, for any Premier League manager, that's not what you want to hear, is it? Um, and I think if you had offered Will, you know, after six or seven games, if, if the club had offered him a mutual termination, I wouldn't have been surprised if he had taken it. And that's that's the sense that I think everyone got, didn't they? The way he was talking, he did look very down about things. Yeah. But um, what that change was, Will, I'm not too sure. But it looks like he, he stuck on his big boy pants, sure. you know, realised that you know he is in a very, very fortunate position managing Leicester City. And you know, if he was to leave the football club, Will, where would he go? You know, this was a guy last season who's been linked with Man City, Man United, Arsenal, Spurs. You know, the list is endless. But if he gets yeah. sacked by Leicester when he's bottom of the Premier League, those offers aren't going to come to you anymore. No. Maybe he recognised that and he thought, look, you know, if I'm serious about, you know, my ambitions as a manager beyond Leicester City, I Mm. can't lose this job. Um, So that's just speculation. I'm not really too sure how and why he managed to turn it around in terms of, you know, his state of mind. But he has done it. You know, the ship had been massively, you know, rocked at the start of the season, but he's, he's steadied it. And. And, and now we are very much now looking up, you know, as opposed to, you know, you mentioned the league table and how tight it is. Yes, we are, you know, still not a million miles away from relegation. But at the moment, I'm looking at how many points we are away from seventh or eighth, as opposed to where we are from 17th. And I think that's the important thing right now in terms of the, the state of mind of the football club. Yeah, I think the state at the bottom half of the table means that lots of teams can do that as well, doesn't it? And it just seems like Leicester are trending upwards at the moment. Um, whereas West Ham sort of perhaps not so much. Um, to, before we talk about the game at the weekend, Jake, I was loath to bring this up because I know how <laughs> passionate passionate you feel about the subject. James Madison for England. I knew it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say yes or no because I know what you're going to say. Uh, and almost annoyingly, I've come round to your way of thinking 
Um, not, I may add, through uh, any persuasion or <laughs> any of my several weekly uh, listenings to your 10 to 15 minute rants about they the topic should. on your Talk Sport 2 breakfast I'm show. The Ballon d'Or this year. Exactly. I think it, it um, I nor was it Gary Lineker's tweet saying what a travesty it would be if uh, mm. if Madison doesn't get But the stats don't lie. Do they, Jake? Let's be honest. No. Of all the English midfielders playing the Premier League at the moment, his goal contributions per minute far dwarf any other players in his position. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's not hard. Good. Let's talk talk through it very briefly then, because uh, for those, we are, while I may have heard uh, your yeah. take on this topic before, <laughs> some of our listeners may not. If they don't listen to your uh, TalkSport 2 breakfast show, why the hell they're not doing that? I'm not so sure. But if they haven't, James Madison for England, go on then. Yeah, and by the way, Will is with me every Friday morning, exactly. 8 till 9, so, so make sure you're listening. It's um, a great but, weekly listening. It is. James Madison should be in the England squad. Um, the squad's being named on Thursday. I don't think he will be in it. Um, and I think there's going to really? be a massive... I really do think he's not going to be in there. And there will be a massive backlash for it. Um, you know, people have, have spoken about the stats over the last 18 months or the last season or this season. Um, and he's better than anyone in that position. Um, and also, Will, if you, if you want to do a, a bigger you know, scale of, of the numbers. If you, if you pick out the careers in the Premier League of Jack Grealish, Mason Mount, Phil Foden, Bukayo Saka, James Madison still has more goals and more assists than all of them. You know, this isn't just a, you know, a, a purple period. Yes, it is a purple period for him, but this mm. isn't like a, the guy's come out of nowhere. He's been doing this for a long time and he's now taken his game to a brand new level. Um, so it's nonsense to say it's just, you know, a, a colourful bit of form for him. It's not. You know, he's been progressing, he's been improving year on year, and he's now hitting, you know, serious heights where he should be in the England squad. And also the other thing that massively frustrates... Is yeah, I know, people, yeah, here we go, yeah. He's a number 10, and England don't play with a number 10. Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, I mean, we don't usually, but go on. Let's right, say, well, this I'm counts say as a swear, consider rubbish. this a swear warning. Right, no, I'll say that's rubbish, but in your head, know the, the, the swear word I want to use. Insert your own swear word yes. here. Yeah, James yeah, Madison yeah. is not just a number 10. Can he play number 10? Yeah, of course he can. But the reality is, is he can play, and he does play for Leicester in the exact same positions as what Phil Foden does, what Jack Grealish does, and what Mason Mount does. And if you want an alternative in the England squad, if those On that players... wide left position you're talking about, yeah? Yeah, Leicester play a 4-3-3 at the moment and James Madison plays on the wide left or right. You know, that's where he plays. He doesn't play as a number 10 for Leicester. You know, if Leicester were to play that formation, he may well play there. But at the moment, he's playing as a winger, you know, and he's churning out these numbers playing as a winger. So to people who say he's a number 10 in England, don't play with one, it's nonsense. Um, clearly, I've got one for you. Have I got one for you? Are you done with the number 10 chat yet? What's the other one? The uh, but and this is you appreciate this is um, I'm just channeling the questions our listeners may be asking. You poking the uh, but Jake, what about his poor attitude? What poor attitude, honestly? <laughs> um, <laughs> look, as, as a youngster, you know, let's not forget, you know, he's, he's 25 years old still, which is a, a lot, lot younger than, than you and I. Um, you know, and I think of the things I still do at my age. You know, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We, we're not trying to get an England squad, to be fair. Well, I mean, I think if a 55-man squad would, I'm probably first reserve. Um, <laughs> but look, you know, he, he, he was a young guy and clearly he did enjoy the glamour 
and everything that that came with being a professional footballer and being the type of footballer that he is. Um, but his list of, of misdemeanours, if you want to call them that, is significantly shorter than what Jack Grealish's is. That's a reality. Um, yeah. About 18 months ago, James Madison became a dad and his life has clearly changed. And if people want to pinpoint and, and search for a reason why his form is now the way it is, he's matured into a man because he's became a father and he's not going out. He's, he, he isn't doing what Jack Grealish and Phil Foden is doing every weekend. And just have a look at their, their Instagram accounts. They're getting, you know, they're out for drinking and partying in Manchester every week. Madison's not doing that. And you speak to people at the football club. James Madison is one of the nicest guys there, you know, whether it's kind of the charity things or the club days. You know, he is one of the first persons and people to, to do all of them bits and pieces. He, he talks incredibly well in the media. Again, it's not, you know, an he act. He does, actually. He's it's not I, an I really like listening to his interviews, it's, yeah. It's because he's matured into a, you know, a very, very mature man, you know. And, and if there are bad times at the football club, usually you roll out the club captain. We don't do that. We roll out no. James Patterson. You know, there is not an attitude problem there, but there is a problem between Gareth Southgate and, and James Madison. I think that's quite clear. Um, and I think that's the reason why ultimately he's he's, he's not going to get picked. Um, sorry, I know that's a bit ranty. And if you want to know why is that though? The, the Southgate thing? Cause, uh, but that's the question, isn't it? Is it all back to the casino thing where he's pitching the casino? Yeah. And, and, and I find and I find that conversation almost as frustrating as the number ten in one that you feel like we've said this a million times before. Yeah, look, he shouldn't have gone to the casino, right? He no, but have... what is it for Southgate? If it's not that, because that is a long time ago, you're right. I, but surely think, Southgate's the sort of bloke who lets something like that go. I think it is that. I think it is that. Um, you know, I'm really struggling to to think of any other reason. You know, that's the only one that that people know about, and that's the only one that we can go to. Look, there may have been a conversation or, or something that happened behind closed doors that nobody's aware of. You know, mm. it might it may have done. But going back to the casino one, as I said, he shouldn't have done it. You know, it was it was very, very naive. But to defend that situation, right, he pulled out of the England squad because he had a cold. Now we've mm. all had a cold before. And then try to play football. Will, can you play football if you've got a cold? Uh, no. Can you sit around a casino and play blackjack? If you've uh, got yes. a cold? You can. Yeah. Right. So he shouldn't have done it because it, it doesn't look good. But at the same time, it doesn't, it's not that big a thing. But unfortunately, mm. um, this thing has just stuck to him for, for all these years. And, and I'm frustrated for him that we're still talking about that casino thing because he... Yeah, it doesn't he, escape him, does so it? so much as a man and he's done so much as a footballer since. And, and the fact that that still appears to be holding him back in, in terms of his England career, which, by the way, he is so, so desperate to play for England. He mm. wants it so, so bad. And, you know, I... I don't really want him to go to the World Cup because I want him to be fit and playing well for Leicester. But purely for him as a man, I know how much it means for it to him. You know, he's mm. desperate to be part of that squad. And I, I just hope that, that that he does at some point. But at the same time, Will, I, I feel like if he does get in at any point, it's almost going to be a token gesture. And I'm not going to... I be... don't know. I, I must admit, this is where I really disagree with you. I, I think he'll go. I don't I think, think he knows what to do with him. No, nah, but I, I think... Yeah, but that's, I still think he'll take him. Honestly, I think he'll be stupid not to. He can't. You can't. <laughs> just, just on the strength of alone, that just the stats, mate. You can't. Mm. I, I really, really don't think he can not take him. But look, Jake, um, I thought I'd let you have. Uh, yeah, sorry. On that. I know it's one of your favourite <laughs> topics. But look, this game at the weekend. To be honest, I'm just not looking forward to it. I, I didn't. I can't believe I'm not looking forward to it. Really, I thought it was going to be a nice way to 
see in the World Cup, particularly a few weeks ago when you looked like the worst football team uh, <laughs> ever to play football in the Midlands. Um, yes. But yeah, how I mean, how do you see it playing out style-wise then? Sorry, worse than Nottingham Forest. Well, they beat us earlier in the season, so yeah. But say that just on the whole Midlands football thing, I mean, if you look at Wolves, Villa and Forest at the moment, I mean, we may have been bad, but we're actually still the best Midlands club here. Ah, they're, they're joking. <laughs> Villa had new, they're back to their old their old heyday under Martin O'Neill and in no time, weren't they? Well, where they still won nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, they, well, they, they won the coming seventh trophy. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, right, coming in, this game at the weekend. <laughs> How's it going to play out style-wise first before we do score predictions? Um, right. Well, we, we've looked at these two fixtures um, away at Everton and, and West Ham before the World Cup. And for me, I just wanted to win one of them because I knew that that would mean that we wouldn't go into that World Cup break in the bottom three. And initially, I, I, I thought that the game at West Ham did represent a better opportunity for us. Now, because we've now won that game at Everton... <laughs> I'm feeling pretty relaxed about the whole thing now because we don't really care if you lose. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I do care. But worst case scenario, we do lose the game. We're still not going to be in the bottom three. And you know, when you consider the start that we had, that does represent, you know, not necessarily success, but you know, we're all then at ease with the situation because we, yeah. we know we've got heads still above water. Yeah, and also on the flip side, that the way that West Ham are playing at the moment is 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 of course going to give us give us confidence. Now I know you lost it to Palace. The other day, um, but was it not before then that you'd won five consecutive home games? Mm, so, yeah. so, 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 whilst it hasn't been perfect, you know that there has still been wins there, and, and particularly, you know, in the home games, you'd you've been getting them wins. So, you know, I'll be honest, I haven't given it kind of too much thought because <laughs> I'm not trying to. I usually do that when I'm concerned about the game. You know, I'm honestly I asked you to come on the podcast about four hours ago. <laughs> you I'm had plenty of time on Saturday and to look forward to the game. And I mm. am, and I think Leicester have a great chance of, of picking up something. Now, whether it's a win or a draw, we'll have to wait and see. And, you know, I think the, the, the defeat to, to Palace, well, I'm hoping anyway, leaves some kind of scars in the sense that if, if Leicester start well on, on Saturday and, and put West Ham on the back foot and you know the, the the fans then become a little bit restless, it becomes a real good opportunity for us to, to go and win another game of football. Yeah, I couldn't agree more worryingly. I think, to be honest, I'd take a ugly one all now. However, the, I mean, the Google probability calculator, if you just type in West Ham Leicester this weekend, <laughs> gives it 47% win probability to West Ham to a mere 26 for Leicester with the draw being 27. So the Leicester uh, victory, the least likely outcome, to be honest, I don't agree with that at all. I tell you all. Uh, immediately but yeah just uh, we've West Ham have been playing this season the sort of football where you don't play loads worse than any team any game but we don't play loads better than any team any game which leaves yourself open then to games going one way or the other based on luck or decisions and that's not what we've been the last two years we've been consistently a better football team than most other teams in the league particularly the ones around us that we want to be that also want to be competing for those you know uh six seventh eighth place positions whatever and this season it's not been like that we've just gone in and played just as well or just as averagely as the other teams and then you know sunday you get a last minute winner couple of dodgy decisions earlier in the season and then we've been on we beat Aston Villa away 1-0 with a fluky goal and it's like all the some of the 
defeats we've had haven't necessarily been deserved, but some of the points we've got haven't been overly deserved either. We're playing very much like a a team who are destined to finish 11th this season. Mm. I mean, I find it quite interesting because at the start of the season, um, you know, Leicester and West Ham had very, very contrasting windows where we didn't mm. recruit and, and you recruited lots. Um, but at the time I said, regardless of, of that, I still thought that Leicester and West Ham had the seventh and eighth best squads in the Premier League. I still thought they had the best squads outside the big six. Um, you know, I, knew, I know Newcastle have, have kind of really kicked on and, and done some business late on in the window, which has changed things a little bit. And momentum is, is obviously still massively on their side. But I still do believe that, that Leicester and West Ham do represent the, the best kind of squads outside of out, outside of the big six. And, you know, without kind of flipping it back on you and, and interviewing you, I mean, why is it in terms of when you look at the, the recruitment that you did do and you brought in some players that I thought were great signings? I mean, have they just not settled? Was there too many signings? Um, or has, has David Moyes not recruited very well? Um, you know, it's, it's hard from the outside to work out why... It hasn't quite worked out because I think everybody expected West Ham to, to continue the upward trajectory, which they've enjoyed over the last couple of seasons. Mm, I, I genuinely do think we're probably maybe, I don't know, performance-wise, five or six points shy of where we should be, as yeah. in how we've performed in some games. Which which makes a massive difference to the table. Yeah, the, the two away games at Man United and Liverpool, we lost both of them 1-0. And we were so frustratingly annoying in front of goal. We missed a penalty at Anfield and should have at least got a point there. Missed another big chance later in the game. Limited them to not much. Should have scored at Man United as well, but just had that sort of uh, like you know uh, approach whereby didn't really want to go for the game, which is frustrating. Also, probably explains why David Moyes has only won one in seventy away at Big Six team or whatever. <laughs> um, so. It's a little bit of uh, the the players coming in taking a bit of adjusting. Paquetta's looks a class act. Gianluca Scamacca looks a totally. I'm so pleased he's come in. He's so much better than Michael Antonio, um, who has just had it now. He has had it completely, and but he's a different player. He is a different sort of player to West Ham, and that Michael Antonio just sort of is, you know, just the fact that defenders were quite frightened of him. He, he would. He, you know, running behind and push them off the ball. Skamaka's not like that. He holds the ball up a lot more. So yeah. I think there's a bit of getting used to um, a slightly different system. Uh, I think we'd been playing that system under Moyes for two or three seasons and it had been drilled into them, the same system, which brought us so much success the last two seasons. And it was just like second nature. It was the same sort of players doing the same things and it was effective. I think teams have sussed that out a little bit uh, and the players we've got, uh, have forced us into a little bit of change. Combine that with some players falling out of form. Thomas Suchek, Vladimir Sufal, shadows of the players they once were. Mm. Uh, Angelo Bonner hasn't been near the team properly for, for quite a long time because of injuries. Uh, Zuma was injured as well. It's just sort of, yeah, you know, one of those things where you have little 20% drops across lots of different aspects of football yeah and that's what it, that's what it's been really as well as trying to adjust the players so it was always going to be like that this this was the summer had to he had to make some changes we had to improve the squad uh, because it had come to the end of its course and the end of last season 
uh, we everyone thought it was a spectacular season. We didn't win in the Premier League after that Euro, uh, Europa League semi-final defeat to Frankfurt. But mm. In fact, we didn't win um, after the quarter-final victory away at Lyon because we just ran out of gas. So we needed to boost the squad. So with that has come, it's taken a bit of time to get flowing. Some players have fallen out off form as well. People talk about Mark Noble leaving. I don't know so much about that one. But listen, you know, it's a... It's, uh, it is what it is. I don't think it's as bad as everyone's saying. People talking about Moyes out, I think it's just fallacy. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens. Jake, how does this game go style-wise at the weekend? Mm. Well, it's interesting because, Will, whenever I think of games between the two teams, what I've always thought Leicester's Achilles heel was with West Ham is that you always bully us. Um, you're a lot more kind of physical, not in terms of your style of play. You're just bigger than us. Um, and, and I found that that particularly last season at your place, we were bullies. I'm thinking the season before that as well, we were bullies. Um, I'm thinking the home game last season where Leicester had this horrible inability to defend set pieces and see out games of football where we were either beating you 2-0 or 2-1, but we conceded um, a Craig Dawson handball slash... <laughs> Shoulder. Remember it? Yeah, yeah. Great finish. Yeah, yeah. When he pushed the ball with his arm into the goal. Um, <laughs> not that I've, you know. Yeah, that they're seared into your memory. Since. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not bitter at all. Um, no. But the point being was it was a set piece, which you can't defend. And it was just kind of pure physicality of just put the ball in the box. Leicester can't defend it because we're weak. Um, now, I'm really, really hopeful that, that Leicester have, have kind of, you know, solve them issues. Um, Bubakari Sumare was a player we signed last year who really kind of initially struggled to adapt, but he's now playing and he's a big physical lump in, in midfield. Um, and that's made a change. Um, Danny Lamarty's playing a fair amount at the moment. He's limited, but what he is, is he is physical and doesn't kind of get bullied. Mm. Um, Valfess, who, who comes in again, he's kind of like um, a hybrid of of David Luiz and, and Kegla Soyuncu. You're only saying David Lewis because of his hair, aren't you? That's the yeah, only. Yeah, but he 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 plays when it, the way he kind of runs. Um, it, there, there are similarities there. It's not just the hair. Um, mm. but again, he he he's, he's a very physical guy and he loves a fight. He loves a battle. And you know that's been Leicester's downfall. That we've got nice, pretty footballers who maybe think they're a little bit better than they are. And when the going gets tough, you know, and when people kind of pump the ball into the box, you know, they're they're, they're found wanting. So I'm really hopeful that we've now kind of solved them issues and. And that our downfall this weekend isn't that we're bullied. At the end of the day, if we lose the game of football because you play better than us, then then fair enough. But I don't want to lose the game because we can't kind of, you know, get ourselves up physically for the challenge. So, yeah, I'm just hoping that, that, that that's not the downfall. I think if it becomes a, a game of football as such, that the two um, teams, you know, playing with, with the ball on the on the pitch, you know, Leicester, again, are, are more suited to a counter-attacking side, you know, with the pace of, of Harvey Barnes and whether it's Dakar or, or Vardy. And then, of course, you know, James Madison as, as well. So, you know, we'll be hoping the game goes that way, Will, that it's, you know, West Ham with a lot of a possession. We'll play on the break and um, we manage kind of to defend our 18-yard box. And, and if we do that, we're, we're looking pretty solid at the moment. I think we can probably nick it. That, that's my gut feeling. Yeah, uh, sort of mine as well, unfortunately. Uh, what's the score going to be then, mate? 
Um, I said I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I don't. Um, as I said, Leicester have, have really, really shored things up defensively since that horrible start when we conceded 22 in seven. Um, I, I think Danny Ward at one point went six hours without conceding. So, so mm. that's how good we are at the moment defensively. I think as a unit, they're looking really confident. So they'll probably stick with that same back line. Probably the same team, actually, which, which beat Everton during the week. Um, so I think Leicester could win this game 1-0. Um, I really don't think there's going to be, you know, more than two, three goals in in the game. And, you know, if if Leicester take an early lead, I'm relatively confident at the moment that we can we can then see out the game. We can we can defend that winning position. So um yeah, it's gonna be tight. It really could be anything. Um, but I'm gonna say a narrow one nil Leicester win. Well, just because I'm not really allowed to predict against West Ham on the podcast, which seems a fair rule, I'm gonna go one all. <laughs> in the hope that we can limp through to the World Cup without losing uh, and have a proper regroup. That is, of course, after uh, we record a famous League Cup victory against Blackburn on Wednesday. But listen, Jake, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on again. Uh, Know your beans about Leicester. Always great. Having a chat with you on the We Are West Ham podcast. Looking ahead to that game at London Stadium. This weekend, West Ham v Leicester. Jake's going along. Uh, do listen to his TalkSport 2 breakfast show every single morning. Uh, so you're on early, he's on main TalkSport. Jake, am I right? And then the yes, TalkSport so 2 breakfast show as well. I am alongside Mr Paul Coit, five till six on TalkSport and then eight till nine on TalkSport 2. Um, yeah, Monday to Friday. So it'd be nice to have some listeners. Exactly. And as Jake said ones, already, I've got loads of listeners already. It'd be nice to have some <laughs> <laughs> nice have listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> if uh, if it, I mean, Jake's show is brilliant Monday through Friday, but it does uh, have a, a particular uh, fizz on a Friday when I join him in the studio. So, uh, yeah, tune yourself in from now on if you can. Jake Watson from TalkSport, their big Leicester fan, looking ahead to that game at London Stadium at the weekend. Stay with us because you have some final thoughts from me and Jonesy next. Right, James, I think it's about time we called it a day as soon as possible. A um, little bit of a low-energy show, I think it's fair to say. Um, my signal all over the place, building noise in the background. West Ham have just lost um, in the 90th minute at home to Crystal Palace. Not great setup for a podcast. Have you got anything to say? Uh, give us some final thoughts before we say goodbye for another week. I think it's an important week for us. Um, I think we, if we can get a win in the cup and then take three points against Leicester on Saturday, that will that will kind of just take away some of the negativity that's built up over the last few weeks. And as we go into sort of six week break, kind of it will just give us a little bit of positivity to build on when we come back from the break on Boxing Day. Uh, trouble is, it's a way to Arsenal where we're flying at the moment. So uh, it probably will be short lived. Um, but yeah, I think it's a big week for us because, you know, if we go into this break having lost to Blackburn in the Cup and lost the third game in a row in the Premier League and potentially in the bottom three by then, um, yeah. it will be, yeah, it won't be a nice situation for Moyes to be in going into the break. So um, it's it's pretty massive, actually. Yeah, totally agree, mate. I totally agree. Listen, um, I've been a little bit more quiet and reserved this week because... I've, it's been far better for me to have my microphone on mute so you don't uh, get all the building noises in the background. My signal has also been an absolute disaster as well. So um, I'll leave it with what you said there, Jonesy. I tend to agree with most of what you said this week. It's all been a bit gloomy and a bit grim. Uh, but the Europa Conference League group stage progression is a positive 
Um, yeah, thanks for joining us this week. Sorry it was a little bit brief. Stick with, uh, keep the faith. Uh, next week we'll be fine. Back to usual, back to the usual high standards you've come to expect. Um, stop laughing, those of you at home, uh, giggling at that statement there. Uh, rest assured, though, West Ham are still massive. Uh, we're through to the last uh, 16 of the Europa Conference League. Um, it is a bit gloomy in the Premier League, but we've got an opportunity against Leicester to bounce back. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed uh, we, we can do that and send us all off to Qatar with a little bit of a spring in our step, even though I assume none of us are going because I think about four England fans in total are going out there. And most of those have been paid by the Qataris. Uh, to be there in person as fan leaders or whatever they might be called. Listen, thanks for listening, everyone. Keep the faith. I know it's hard at the moment. Keep the faith with We Are West Ham podcast as well because normal service and normal signal will be resumed next week. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Podcast Network.